welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Well, hey friends, today is a special fun episode and this was recorded from Austin, Texas with my best friend Kendra Woodrow on our girls weekend trip to Jamie Ivey's happy hour live event here in Austin and it was a really fun time so we are especially giggly and silly but I hope that you will find it encouraging and truth-filled despite the fact there's a little bit of background noise with birds chirping and trains going by but you can hear us perfectly fine, so consider it your little bonus. Here you go. Hey, well, Kendra, hello. Hey. (laughs) Are you really starting? Yes, I'm really starting. Okay. We are, let's tell everyone where we're sitting. We're sitting in the living room of our tiny house. A little tiny home down in Austin, Texas. With the door open. It's beautiful. Blue Jay almost just flew in. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so thanks for joining me for this episode, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I thought it would be fun to have my friend come on and talk about friendship, because we've been friends now almost 10 years, or is it already, it'll be 10 years this fall, I think, because yeah. we met in 2008, right? Yeah. Um, so we met at KU, yeah. we were both in journalism school. You yeah. want to talk about that? Where you were on the Stratcom side? Yeah, I was. Um, I think it was my senior year of college. Your junior, right? Uh, no, right? Because we met. Was it really only one year? That's insane. I for, uh-huh. I thought we knew each other, like since I was a freshman, but we uh-uh. didn't. No. So we met in web design class. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Michael, Michael's class. Yes. Yes, where we learned to code a website using Dreamweaver oh, and Photoshop so files, painful. and it was like outdated when we learned it. Yeah, and now it's even more outdated. Mm-hmm. So wow, okay, well I'm glad we got that down. So I did not meet you <laughs> freshman year, which is even more interesting that we only knew each other for really a, a, year. a year before you yeah. left right. KU. Yeah, that's crazy. it went quick. Yeah, and then you moved right after you graduated or was it not after? I moved to DC like three months after graduating college mm-hmm. so spent the summer laying by the pool in Kansas and yeah then packed up and started looking for a job in DC yeah and at so. the time you were dating someone mm-hmm. out yeah. there yeah I was dating someone out there um that didn't work out, but I ended up staying for six years, so it was a wonderful experience, and I really love and cherish my time in D.C. and the experience that I yeah. built there um, in my career, so. Yeah, and then, I don't know if people know this, but, so I had one more year of school after you left, mm-hmm. so I finished out my career, or my <laughs> I finished You're out already my, in retirement. my college. Um, we're only one cup of coffee in, and we haven't <laughs> had breakfast, so this might be rough. But 
So I finished out college, and you were in D.C., and I think, you know, a lot of my, where I had been leading up to, like, graduation, I was feeling like I wanted to, like, break out of Kansas. I had never really left. I'd done an internship in Philadelphia for a summer, but I think that kind of gave me the taste for, like, one DC because I spent like half my weekends there Mm -hmm. actually because you were there yeah so I came to visit that helped and um so I was interning in Philadelphia that next summer um and we hung out like half of the weekends yeah pretty much so I really only got to know Philly partially because I was in DC a lot and loved it and if you weren't in DC, I was in Philly between yeah. you. So yeah. yeah. So that was a really fun summer too. Yeah. We did a lot of fun yeah. stuff. And I then, think that's like when we truly discovered our like shared passion of adventure yeah. and like exploring. Yeah. Like we were like, we have to see everything there is to see and do it all. Yeah. yeah. And it's a little over ambitious when you think about everything there is to do. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that neither of us had like any money. Yeah. Very poor. <laughs> But we somehow still did stuff, you know? We were just, like, I think neither of us had any friends that were, like, yeah, we're down for whatever, let's go do it. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it was... We would just get in the car and, like, drive and, like, go to a new little city and, like, check out a restaurant and go hiking. Go to the countryside of Maryland (laughs) and take pictures in a field. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was what we did for fun. (laughs) Just exploring. Very always exciting taking, things. Always taking pictures, of course, yeah, to do- make sure we actually documented Lots that we were there. Yeah. So I didn't even finish the story. But then I moved after graduation, like the July after I graduated in 2010, mm-hmm. to D.C. to work at the same company you worked at <laughs> because there was an open position. And you were like, hey, there's this web design position open. I think you should apply. Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be perfect because I had figured out from this one web design class, which really was, like, outdated, that this whole industry existed and I really wanted to pursue it and learn yeah. it. And so I taught myself for the last year of college and then somehow got them to agree to hire me, even though I had, like, virtually no experience <laughs> and did barely knew what I was doing and was just like, yeah, I'm a web designer. A quick learner. Yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah. And um, so I moved out there, and we didn't live together, but we lived pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Like 15 minutes or so. Yeah. We got and to eat lunch every day together. Yeah. At that picnic table. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. And pretty much, like, <laughs> G-chatted a large percentage of our day <laughs> while working. Yeah. We got yeah. our work done, but... Yeah. We were hard workers. Don't, yeah. don't get us wrong. No. But there was space yeah. left. Yeah. We were literally down the hall, so sometimes I'd be like, look through the doorway. <laughs> I would get you to, like, lean out of your cubicle and see me, and I would be like, yay. <laughs> so funny (laughs) then I only lived in DC for like a year because then I got engaged that fall Mm -hmm. and then Joey moved out there and got his own place in that area in Maryland didn't like it (laughs) pretty much at all he's not one for crowds so the east coast is really not a good place for someone like him but um yeah, so we were only there, like, six months total together, and then when we got married in June, we were there for three more months and moved back to Kansas City. So, it was kind of short-lived. Right. And that was a very memorable car ride back, moving Oh, you yeah, back because you helped us go back, <laughs> and you rode 
in my car with me, yeah. and I had a little, I still have this little Honda Civic. Yeah. And it was stuffed to the rafters. Yes, because <laughs> let me explain why. Because Joey rented too small of a U-Haul. Because forever he is in denial about how much crap I actually own. And he was like, no, this one will be great. This will this will be plenty big enough. And I was just like, this is not going to fit our entire life. Like, it was the smallest U-Haul you could get, basically. Yeah. Maybe the second smallest. Yeah. And I was like, this is really not a good idea. Like, I think I even was like, maybe you should go back and return it. And he's like, yeah. well, no, let's just see. But it's like, you can't just see with a U-Haul because then once it's full, you're not going to, like, unload it. So, basically, we just started, like, throwing stuff away. We're like, well, we're not going to bring this broom. Well, we're not going to bring this trash can. And then we got all the way down to, like, things like plants. And there was a plant. Oh, my gosh. Our love was, fern. Yes, the <laughs> giant love fern. I remember oh, that. God. And... It's dead by now, so it was a huge waste. But I insisted on bringing this plant home, and so it sat right in the back seat, uh, behind the passenger seat. And it was so big, along with everything else, that the passenger seat had to be leaned forward at, like, a 20-degree angle. (laughs) And so... You or I, neither of us wanted to ride in the passenger seat because it was so uncomfortable. (laughs) So we were like, oh, I'll drive. No, it's really fine. (laughs) I'm not tired yet. Like, we were fighting over driving. Yeah, because it was so miserable and so uncomfortable. Yeah. That was a 19-hour drive also. So we were. And Joey got to drive alone that entire time. Yeah, with the U-Haul trailer. Yeah. Wow. So, Yeah. So tell everyone about like your where you grew up and your family. Like, what's you're from Kansas, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know this, but can you tell <laughs> yeah. can you tell the listeners kind of who you yeah. are? Yeah, I um I grew up in a really small farming town um, in Kansas, about an hour south of Kansas City. Um, most of my family is still there. Actually, I think all of them except me. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I ended up going to school at the University of Kansas, where I met Haley, um, which has been my life-saving grace. <laughs> um, and then after college, like Haley said, and we already kind of alluded to, I moved out to D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and lived there for six years and absolutely fell in love with the people there and, um, you know, really started building a professional career there, um, working in healthcare marketing and... Um, to this day, I still work in healthcare marketing, um, but since have moved from D.C. back to Kansas City, and then when I got married, from Kansas City to Nashville. So now I'm currently living in Nashville, still working in healthcare marketing, and um, you know, still d- trying to figure out what's next for me in my career. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the fact that you got married, you got married. It's been a little over a year. Yeah, you guys just celebrated one year. Yeah, it's in exciting. March. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Went fast. Yeah, the first year does really fly by. Yeah. Um, and you got married a little later than you might have hoped mm-hmm. when we were friends, like, yeah. growing up, right. well, in our young adult lives. Yeah. Um, that was a big theme of our friendship, I think, was, like, the period of, you know, just the unknown and, mm-hmm. like, waiting. Yeah. And, you know, there was a long season where... You know, I know you felt like, gosh, like, when is this going to happen for me? And didn't, you know, you trusted God, but also were just like, I don't see how this is going to change, you know? Like, when is this going to change? And what is, like, how long do I have to wait, God? Like, that sort of a thing. We talked about this yesterday, kind of prepping for the interview. And 
I think you said some things that were really interesting about what that season meant for you. Yeah. Now that you are married, right. you can look back and see some things about that. Can you talk yeah. about what that season meant to you? Yeah, I think, you know, that was probably the mm-hmm. most important season of my life, living through singleness in a big city, far from family, far from your support network, um, and being kind of forced to figure out who you are and what you want and to really rely on God and really force me to stop trying to plan my own life and just start praying about, you know, God, like, what's next for me? Like, I feel lost. Like, I see so many of my friends moving on to the next chapter of their lives Mm -hmm. and getting married or engaged and you know, I was just kind of still in the same position. Like I was Mm -hmm. doing well with my career and and that was great. And I was kind of pouring all of myself into that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was still this um, huge piece of loneliness um, and wanting to be right there walking alongside my friends, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same like journey of the next steps and getting engaged and getting married and having kids Mm -hmm. and that just wasn't in God's plan for me. You know, that wasn't his timeline for my life. And I think at the time, just being young and still growing a lot as a Christian and in my faith. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that was hard. It was hard to see, like, God, what are you doing, you know, with mm-hmm. with this? Why must I, like, feel this loneliness, you mm-hmm. know? Like, why... Um, does it seem like everyone else is moving forward and I'm still, I'm still just here, you know, Mm -hmm. like my life isn't, it's not progressing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I can remember praying and praying like throughout my twenties, just like, Lord, like, please, like, I'm so ready, like Mm -hmm. bring that right person into my life. And, you know, for a long time, it felt like he just wasn't answering that prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we've, I used to talk to you about that all the time. It's like, I just feel like my prayer is not being answered and it's all I pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the desire in my heart was just so strong f- to share my life with someone. And, you know, I think it was just God's way of saying, you know, like, I'm not ignoring your prayer. It's just, it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. So I think looking back on it now, I realize, you know, I wasn't who I needed to be at that time to be ready to marry my husband and he wasn't ready either and it wasn't a part of God's plan as much as I wanted it to be Mm -hmm. you know his plan was to kind of use my time differently throughout my 20s and then I met my husband when I was I think 28 um and you know it was the right time we were both like in the right point in our lives and you know we had the maturity and the knowledge of what we really wanted in life um because we both had been so independent um that we were finally ready to share our lives together so it was just interesting I think for so long feeling like God wasn't answering but at the end of the day like he was answering every single day he was just saying not yet yeah yeah that's really that's really good so it's easy to see for you now, like how that season prepared you in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about what it prepared you for, um, and what, like, in your life now, um, what you're able to now kind of like draw that tie back between, like, what character qualities you were developing and how what skills and like um, 
just abilities that God was instilling in you in that time that are serving you today? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from looking back on that, I think God was really preparing me for this season of marriage in terms of my husband's job. You know, he's gone a lot, um, you know, for long periods of time. And so, um, obviously, when your husband's home and then he's gone for work for a long period of time, um, that can be very difficult. And it's Mm -hmm. a very, like, you have him and then it's very lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, when I look back on my 20s and that feeling of loneliness and really being forced to rely on God instead of myself um, really prepared me for the season of marriage because um, I don't think that I could I could be doing what I'm doing right now had I not experienced um, that loneliness in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and God just really, like, opened up my heart to Him and to mm-hmm. lean on Him and to trust Him, mm-hmm. um, which is really hard, I think, when you feel so lonely, um, and it's just, he just comes in and completely wipes it away and gives you the sense of peace. And I think now, you know, throughout our first year of marriage and my husband being gone for work, it's, um, I've been surprised at how much peace I've been given. Mm -hmm. Um, and I truly think that comes from the Lord and what he did for me in preparing for this throughout Mm -hmm. my 20s. Um, So it's just a very beautiful thing um, to me that God, all of that had a purpose. Yeah. Um, And that purpose is to, you know, help me through, you know, the difficult times now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. What would you say to someone? Because, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in a season like that right now where they feel like they're waiting or they feel that loneliness, Mm -hmm. whether it's waiting for a husband or waiting for a baby or waiting for something, a job, I mean, a cure, it could be a lot of things, but like, what, what are you looking back? Is there something that you can go like, this is what you needed to hear in this moment, Kendra, like from future Kendra, like, is there something you wish you could say to those people? Um. I would just say never give up hope. Um, Even in, you know, tough times, like, it can feel really discouraging, but you cannot give up hope. I think God has a plan for for your story in your life, and, you know, continuously pray about it and trust in His plan. Like, He truly has a reason for everything. Um, And, you know, I think... I think for me, too, just really taking the time to say, okay, you know what, this isn't, like, in God's timing right now for me, like, as much as I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So what else can I do with my life? Or what decisions can I make that will have a positive impact for me or for other people um, in my life? And Mm -hmm. so really taking the time to invest in your relationships with your family, um, with your friends. And I think that was um, kind of a hidden blessing for a while for me was the fact that um, because I was single for a lot of my 20s, I was able to really invest in the people around me and um, build strong friendships and relationships Mm -hmm. and um, feel like I really, really knew people and that they knew that no matter what, I would always be there for them and um, pray with them and um, 
you know, just be, just be supportive. And I think there's so many blessings in being single. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people are like, oh, I'm single. It's terrible. Um, but it's really a wonderful thing because you're never going to really have that opportunity again to invest in yourself and the people around you, um, the way that you do probably in your twenties. Um, maybe you will at some point. Um, but I think being young, there's a real opportunity to just kind of grow yourself spiritually Mm -hmm. and emotionally and, and through, um, different experiences and relationship building. Yeah. And I think even looking at your life now, like there's evidence that you had that time because you have like a lot of strong friendships. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people, like sometimes when you get married young, you don't have the chance sort of like it, it becomes about you and your husband so quickly or your marriage or your family Mm -hmm. that you can then sort of like come out of that season of like investing in your family and your unit going like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I need friends. Where are my friends? Like who are my friends? And Or, like, and that's such a big life change, too, that it is often hard to hang on to friends through Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, I mean, how many people have said, like, I'm not even friends with the bridesmaids from my wedding. Yeah. You know? Like, that's just such a common thing because, like, that season, you go into almost hibernation and, like, it's sort of necessary in some ways. And then there's also, like, dangers there when you ditch all your friends and are like, I only need my husband. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's looking at your life, like, you do have a lot of really strong friends, like, that you would, that you go visit even in the, on the East Coast, Mm -hmm. that you, like, really value those relationships. Yeah. Which I think is unique. I think, you know, it's, obviously, as we all get older, it's harder to stay in touch as much as we did in our early 20s, and, you know, it's not as easy to just pick up the phone because, you know, someone might have kids or, you know, mm-hmm. they might, it might be bath time or it might mm-hmm. be nighttime or it might be yeah. dinner time or, you know, maybe I'm traveling or maybe I'm still at the office. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it can make it harder, but I think, um, and I may be jumping a little ahead, but yeah. I think, you know, even though you don't talk every day, doesn't mean that that strong bond of a friendship isn't there. Yeah. I think, you know, it's almost the opposite of mm-hmm. like, if you aren't able to pick up the phone every day um, or even once a week, but yet then when you do pick up that phone and you talk to that person or you meet up with them in a city, beautiful city like Austin, mm-hmm. um, you just pick up where you left off. And yeah. it that's only possible because you have such a deep and meaningful relationship with that person. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday, just like what what do we – how do we make our friendship like last or how have we made it Mm -hmm. last and what have we done because it does take investment in time and it doesn't just happen automatically and um and one of the things we like both agreed was that we just pick up where we left off like we don't weigh the friendship down with a lot of keeping track or counting Mm -hmm. you know counting how many times you've called that person or they've called you and then going okay, well, I've called them more in the last six months, I guess. They don't want to be my friend anymore, so I'm going to just, like, slowly drop you off. Or, you know, like, I think as much as that sounds terrible, I think a lot of people do that. And, like, especially when life gets harder and harder as you get older and busier and busier, it doesn't get, like, necessarily... You don't have more time. I mean, 
once you have a husband and then have kids and Mm -hmm. you know it's just like there's less and less margin for what it seems like is like this this indulgence or luxury of having friends and um and it can feel like that I mean even for me like sometimes you can feel prideful and like well I don't have time for this like I don't have time not you but like friendships like that's not a priority I have all this work and my kids need me and my husband needs me and my house is a mess and like it can be so easy to get bogged down with that type of stuff that Mm -hmm. you stop valuing that friendship for what it really can be for you and why God brought it into your life um And so I think for us, like, we don't keep track. We don't, you know, um, like, there's no, like, I feel like, in a sense, like, record of wrongs of, like, well, you know, I visited, like, I couldn't even tell you how many times you visited Kansas City and seen me or me visited you. I could not tell you. Yeah. And I won't. Like, I'm not, I'm not interested in that, you know? And, of course, your family lives there, so I'm sure you come back more, but it's, like, that just, like, isn't relevant, you know? Right. It's, like, we just make priority... We make it a pri- priority to see each other at least once a year, but we yeah. really have been seeing each other more, like, yeah. three or four more. times yeah. a year, probably. Right. And um, and I think that's really important. And, and something that I even see in my other friendships, like, right. that, like, that is really key to yeah. not, um, you know, almost, like, putting weight on the friendship that it can't bear yeah like that's what we do a lot um we i think expect or we ask that person to be jesus to us in a way that they can't right and of course like we should all be mirroring god to each other in like the sense that we're like loving each other and forgiving each other Mm -hmm. and and showing that love that hopefully we're getting from him Mm -hmm. but i think we we expect a lot of each other sometimes that it's like that person is not capable of, you know, and so, you know, whatever you want to say about that. Yeah. And I think to your point, you know, we, we have a lot of expectations for people in our lives and at the end of the day, we all are so busy. Like we're all carrying different bags, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like you may be a wife, you may be a mother, um, Mm -hmm. you may be a a single woman, you, who has a very successful career. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's so, there's so many things that define us and, consume us um and so i think it's giving each other grace Mm -hmm. and saying you know what like i know that my friend has a really young baby so i don't want to overwhelm by Mm -hmm. you know calling and taking up an hour of her evening when she probably really needs it needs that sleep or that downtime Mm -hmm. um you know, and just really being considerate of each other and where we are in each other's lives mm-hmm. um, and just being supportive. And so, you know, there are going to be times in my life when I'm probably not going to be as available. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't, I didn't stop investing and mm-hmm. I, and then there's that love is still there and that commitment. Yeah. It's just, we go through stages in life that are a little more difficult. And so yeah. just providing each other grace through that, yeah. I think is really important. Yeah. And that there's, like, seasons where you can give more and seasons yeah. where you can't give as much. Right. And that that doesn't have to mean that the friendship dies or that, you know, you take it personally and think this person doesn't value our friendship. It just has to look different. Right. So that year, it's like, you know, you're, we're not going to see each other as much. Right. You know, when you have a baby, like, it's probably going to be a lot more 
scarce yeah. and that's okay or, or I'll, I'll come to you, you or know? I'll just call you and be like please move in I'm terrified <laughs> I don't know what to do yeah <laughs> and I'll be like no way <laughs> absolutely not you're like been there twice yeah. good luck <laughs> no thanks <laughs> um but yeah I think yeah that's good um and you mentioned something um you mentioned that I don't know if you said this today or yesterday because it's all running together in my mind but you said the deeper a friendship, or what, it, what was it? You said, like, the th- longer a friendship, I think oh, I the said. longer the distance, the deeper the friendship has to go? Is that what it was? I don't <laughs> I remember. Think I, I think I've, I reversed it. I think I said, you know, the the deeper the relationship, like, it, yeah. like no matter the distance, like, yeah. it can withstand, yes. you know, it's so strong and it's so deep, it can withstand distance. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true in our friendship, you know, we, for many years, like we've lived in different cities, mm-hmm. um, you being for pretty much all, but <laughs> one of the years we were friends, which I didn't, yeah. right. Cause the yeah. first year, well, I guess, oh, I and then when I moved, yeah. so we've had two total years in the same city and we've yeah. been friends 10 years. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think that's like a true testament to if your friendship can withstand the distance, you know that there is such a deep level of vulnerability there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we talked about yesterday, too, was just the importance of being vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. And when you think about how you connect with people, I really do believe that a lot of it comes and stems out of vulnerability. And yes, you have to have common ground and things that mm-hmm. you um, share. But I also think like just opening up and being human and not mm-hmm. being scared to be vulnerable in front of someone mm-hmm. um, will help them open up and be more vulnerable. And I think that's mm-hmm. we've been pretty vulnerable with each other from day one, like thinking back about like college finals and being like, I don't think I'm going to pass. And you're like, you're going to do great, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just like praying for each other and like building each other up and supporting each other and encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. Um all the way to, like, much weightier things, like, you being in a long season of singleness and, like, you know, calling me, being like, I don't know how I can do this, like, yeah, or getting like, out of a really tough relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, having your heart broken right. and me being married with, like, a little baby and mm-hmm. going, like, okay, how do I, like, help you or serve you or, like, love you in this? I can't be there for you. I can't physically hug you or, you know, tell you come over to my place and we'll have some wine like you know and so that's even harder too like when you're not with someone right how do you be with them without actually being with them you know even that is um has been hard yeah and I think you know listening just being sometimes just having someone to listen Mm -hmm. and then like pray and like provide godly advice because you know I still I think I told you this yesterday I still remember like after a breakup a serious breakup that I went through in my twenties. Um, you know, I was sitting here saying, you know, what is God's plan in all of this? And you Mm -hmm. were like, I think he brought you to DC for a different reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that is just, it stuck with me and it just hit me so hard. And, um, we prayed together and I just have never forgotten that night. Mm -hmm. Um, we were sitting in a park Mm -hmm. outside my old apartment and we had that conversation and, you know, I think living in D.C., I had friends who weren't believers, but you were the one person that I could always turn to mm-hmm. um, for godly advice. And mm-hmm. it just resonated so deeply within my own heart um, 
that it's just it, yeah it was really special and something that like yeah. I will always remember yeah yeah I and do that's like that. that stems from vulnerability like opening yeah. up to you and saying you know like this is really hard it hurts yeah. I don't know what God's plan is in this and then you kind of just coming in and listening right. and then at the end of the conversation of me literally just you know talking your ear yeah. off for probably like a good hour you know, you just kind of said, well, maybe God has something different here for you. Like, yeah. just that simple. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a long explanation. It doesn't have to yeah. be like... Here's why this all happened. Let yeah. Me, yeah, like, you don't have to quote a Bible scripture. It's just like, maybe yeah. God has something different for you. Mm-hmm. And let's pray about it, you know? Like, let's see, yeah. like... And he did. That was mm-hmm. my first... That was, like, after the first six months that I lived in D.C. And God did so much more in my life during that time mm-hmm. when I was in D.C. Um so you were right mm-hmm. and um yeah well that, i'll never forget it yeah that's cool and i had forgotten that until you reminded me but <laughs> um i think yeah like you just said it requires like that kind of a friendship requires vulnerability from both sides and mm-hmm. so it looks different and it feels different for both people so the person who is needing that support and that you know it, they're the one who's like in that position of neediness and like needing to be filled up or supported or like emboldened or bolstered in their spirit or something like the vulnerability is really painful sometimes because you're like, I don't, you know, I don't know that this person can identify with what I'm going through. And I have to trust that like, they're not going to use their position of like temporary strength to make me feel small or make me feel weak or, you know, even like bring more attention to the fact that like you have a relationship and I don't, and I don't really want to talk to you about it. Like that could have been a very easy way for you to like respond, but you didn't. And then for me, like the vulnerability is like, I think, you know, interesting because it's like in that position, like you said, it's important not to use your, seeming position of like strength which like is only you know kind of temporary and very you know we all go through seasons but like in that position like okay I'm not the one in pain here it could be really easy for me to throw bible verses at you and say like just trust God you know he's got you and and not that we don't tell each other the truth from scripture but something Bob Goff um said that really has stuck with me recently is like share God's love and if possible like don't use a bible verse speak the truth of this of the gospel without quoting scripture in as few words as you can you know and at first I was like well that's weird why wouldn't you quote scripture Mm -hmm. but I think it's like I get the I think I see and kind of feel like where his heart is behind that in it's still the same love it's still the same God pursuing someone with his truth and with the hope that he actually does give us. But a lot of times, like, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to shove the Bible down someone's throat in order to love them and point them to Jesus. Right. And that can be a really, you know, hard balance to walk. And Mm -hmm. and sometimes there are actually really times where you have to say, look, like, you're wrong in this and you're living a wrong way and here's the evidence in the Bible of why I have to tell you I'm going to hold you accountable to this. You know, like that's for sure necessary. And I think we've both done that for each other. Yeah. But yeah. And something you like similarly, this was a lot more recent, but I don't remember the situation to you with the girls. Why I was like, why was I upset? I, Um, it was like, I don't remember what it was. If it was just like, 
you trying to figure out how to be everything that they need or yeah it was around something like that like I basically felt like I don't and I wish I could remember the context but I basically felt like I couldn't I couldn't be like I did I felt inadequate as a parent as a mom as a woman like with my own issues and my own sin struggles and my own tendencies like how am I supposed to raise daughters that aren't just like me like how am I supposed to raise kids that are better than me and like that don't struggle in all these ways if I struggle like I don't see how I can do that I just felt sort of like powerless and like sort of hopeless I think in a way that this is just so hard you know right and you said what did you say you Uh, said something (laughs) I think I just told you that you know like you can't be everything for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even a mom. So, you know, for me to say something like this to mm-hmm. you was definitely um, hard because mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be a mom yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I do know that, like, from my own experiences, like, my parents couldn't be everything for me mm-hmm. because if they were, then there would have been no room for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there would have been no need for me to believe and have the faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I gave you the context of my brother was killed in a car accident when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Um, and I was pretty young. But I just explained to you, you know, like in that moment, like my parents were grieving. We were all grieving. And we couldn't be everything for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all had to rely on our faith and trust in God and mm-hmm. you know believe that this horrible thing had to happen because it's God's plan um and you know there there were some really good things that came out of it for our family mm-hmm. and i think we became stronger we learned how to be more supportive of each mm-hmm. other um and you know it really i think for me as a as a kid you know, I, I grew up going to church my whole life, but really drew me into relying on God and trying to understand why things in life have to happen, even mm-hmm. if they're bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it really just sparked the desire in my heart to know the Lord, mm. um, you know, on, on a very m- more intimate level than I had ever, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid. I think, I don't even remember how old I was. I was in middle school. I think I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade. Um, and so just really feeling like that was kind of the first step to me, like really wanting to pursue like the Lord and what Mm -hmm. it meant to be a believer. Like actually having a situation where your mom and dad couldn't be, weren't enough for you and couldn't ever be enough for you in that. Right. Is what prompted you to go like, I think I want to know about Jesus or I think I want to know who God is and like, I actually see why I need him, maybe. Like, right. because if, if your parents had filled that gap completely, there would be no you might have been like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm managing. Right. Exactly. And I think that's what kind of, you know, we talked about when we were on our last girls' trip in Asheville, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina, was just that, you know, it's, we're all human, and if we could be everything for everyone, then there would be no need for God. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think not feeling adequate as a mom is really invalid because you're never going to be able to be everything because 
God mm-hmm. needs to have room to be something. Yeah. So he'll actually stop you from yeah. being enough. Yeah. And we often try to be enough in any, in every circumstance of life, like whether it's job or work or family or yeah. friends. I mean, but I think that was like a time in my life where you stepped on an, out on a ledge to say something that probably felt like, you know, like, what right do you have to say this to her? Right. Like, you're not a mom. And if you listen to the lies, then yeah. you might not have ever said it and just been like, I'm sorry, that's really hard. Yeah. You know, instead right. of like actually encouraging me with the truth that, you know, and that circumstance in your life was very different, but still taught you something that totally applied to my situation. Yeah. That you had experienced as a child, like yeah. your parents not being able to you know, be there for you in the way that, like, they probably wanted to be, and, you know, and we're trying, but, like, literally we're in their own process, too, mm-hmm. and that, you know, I can look at you and go, okay, like, she's okay, and, like, God actually met her in that, Yeah, and that's really, really comforting to me, because I'm the mom going, like, how do I be everything all the time, Right, and then hearing that you can't be, and that's all right, is, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want that to be true, but then seeing you, like, being like someone who loves Jesus and you know trusts him with your life like all of those things are just like evidence to me that that was true mm-hmm. and that yeah. I could rest in that truth and it didn't need to feel like the end of the world right. you know it needed it I needed to get my perspective in right. line with like the truth right because so really I think good. like you know like my parents you as a parent like you you try I don't know how to word this because I don't want it to sound like you're not being everything that you should be or could be because right. you are. And my parents were, but right, right. there's just this void. I feel like that God has created to be like, you know what? Like I really want your children to come to me. Yeah. Like yeah. bring the sheep to me Yeah, and leave that, leave that space for them to trust me and to yeah. pray with me. And, um, and it's so, a, it's a void that needs to exist. Like right. we're doing everything like that we basically can and should be doing as parents. And right. there's still a gap in between like how high up we can, you know, if you picture this vertical, like Y axis of like how high up we can, we can go on that axis. And then like, I'm, I'm picturing like, you know, 50 points above us is where we need to be. And that's the space that God has to fill and right. he alone can fill. And right. so it's never like, hey, you're falling short of what, what right. God is. Like, right. well, of course we are. And we're supposed to be. Right. Like, we, we shouldn't be striving to be God. Right. We should be striving to be, like... His the, disciples. Yes, and, and like, followers. How can we disciple our children in the right yeah. ways? And I think, you know, my parents did that for me. And, you know, this situation in particular was the one that, like because of their discipleship and because of the circumstance, like that's what like really built my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's comfort in that, in that like, you know, you, you can be the disciple and, you know, show your kids the way. And then, you know, the Lord and the Holy spirit will work through them. Um, and it's just a very com for me, it's very comforting when I, I don't have kids, but when I think about future kids, you know, I find peace and comfort in that. Yeah. Yeah, and that your parents, like, example of, like, pursuing the peace of God in that heartbreak and in that really hard time in your family, mm-hmm. like, showed you where they go in yeah. times of right. trials, like, they went to God. And right. and I'm sure that example probably didn't even resonate with you as much then as it did later in life, looking back and, like, seeing really how they handled that. Yeah, I mean, I am so amazed 
know I'm getting a little off topic, but I am just so amazed at how my parents have overcome such a tragedy in their life and such a difficulty. And, you know, I just look up to them so much after they've been through so much in their life and losing Mm -hmm. a child. And I just am, yeah, simply amazed by what they can do Mm -hmm. and what they have done. And, um, and it's a testament to like, truly, I think the power of God in their lives and the Holy Spirit's presence with them through that time. And the, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know how you could ever survive a tragedy like that without God in your life. And I think, you know, like our faith, like as a family, um, you know, my parents obviously were much further in their, in their faith journey, but you know, it was, it was our saving grace, you know, like, I don't know that we would have ever been able to become like a functional family unit again after that, had we not had faith in, in God. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome. Your parents are pretty great. <laughs> yeah, they're um, the best. Yes, they are. So, um, one other thing that I want to talk about, just getting back a little bit to friendship before yeah. we end, is um, like some of the things that we, and we've talked a lot about this already, but like what we would say has enabled us to have. Um, you know, a long distance friendship for, you know, I guess like four fifths of the time that we've been friends. Um, and one of those things is what we're doing right now. And it's a girl's trip. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't invent this concept. It's very, (laughs) very very well known, (laughs) (laughs) but we take advantage of it. And, um, and we've done this, I don't know, as long as we've ever been friends, yeah. it's looked different. Like, you know, right. it used to be on the weekends, we'd just take a drive into the country yeah. in Maryland or yeah. in at KU yeah. or right. um, do, you know, road trips to each other's cities when we lived three hours away in Philadelphia and, and D.C. Yeah. And then it's changed over the years yeah. and we've done everything from New York to, um, what else? Philly. Philadelphia. Um, Asheville. Asheville. And now... Now Austin. Austin. Yeah. And I think, like, oh, and then I've visited you in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Um, a few times. A few times. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, just, I think, it's our way that has worked for us. Right. To connect and keep our friendship alive. And, because I think you do need, like, some FaceTime. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, absolutely. it probably looks different for every friendship like i'm sure if we lived overseas from each other it would not look the same right but like we have been able to make that work and you know even through seasons of me having little kids and um you and your husband you know moving states from Mm -hmm. maryland to nashville and Mm -hmm. i mean tennessee and nashville (laughs) is basically its own state (laughs) i mean who goes to tennessee without going to nashville but um yeah, I think it's just that has been something that's really important for us. And um, and I, I think I've, you know, I've been surprised as I've gotten older and have more friends in the season of life I'm in right now with kids and multiple children. And, you know, I've been surprised at how few people do that, mm-hmm. actually. And when I say, like, I'm going to do a girls trip or I'm going to meet my friend, like, sometimes I feel like... I get the response of like, oh, wow, like how fun for you. Like that's so special or that's so, wow, I can't believe you guys, that's great that you guys do that. And it is great. Yeah. But I also have been like, 
but what, like, do you not, you know, right. like, how do you, like, right. how do you have friends that aren't, right. aren't, like, down the street? Because I do have, like, great local friends in Kansas City, but, like, yeah, I think there's maybe, you know, it can feel really selfish, and maybe it d- isn't this way for you yet, but I, I do get maybe where they're coming from. Like, it can feel like the idea of taking a, a girl's trip is, like, a luxury, or... Right getting away without your husband and kids is, like, right. selfish. Right. And, like, you don't deserve that. Right. Or, like, that isn't fair to leave your husband right. with the kids. Or maybe you don't trust your, you know, them to, like, him to, you know, maintain the sleep schedule or keep the house, whatever. I mean, right. that's not me. But right. maybe there are things that I'm sure keep people, and legitimate yeah. reasons that right. keep people from, like, doing stuff like this. And I just think it's so important and so healthy and needed. Yeah. For especially moms to like get away and, and you too. I mean, cause like you have a dog that you had to find someone to watch and yeah. you have a really, really demanding career that you had to take time off of and, you know, use PTO and yeah. like, I mean, it's hard for you too to like make time, but right. it, we both did. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, for us, like, it's in the form of a girl's trip. And maybe, like, if you don't have the luxury um, Mm -hmm. or resources or time to do an entire girl's trip, like, I mean, even when I was living in Kansas City, we would do, like, girls' nights and Mm -hmm. just, like, go out and go to a restaurant. Or, um, I don't know, I would just come over to your house and we would hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, there was this one time that... (laughs) I got into knitting for about, like, two weeks. <laughs> when you were pregnant with Jules. Yeah. yeah. And you came over and, well, I convinced you that you needed to do knitting, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really maybe try and convince Kendra that she should do a lot of things. <laughs> and so I, like, take her on this wild goose chase. And I was like, let's go to Hobby Lobby. Let's buy some yarn. I'll show right. you how to knit. And I was, like, okay at it for the week that I remembered how to do it. Yeah. And then I forgot because I stopped. Yeah. And you spent, like, six hours knitting, like, two inches yeah. of a scarf. It just wasn't my talent. <laughs> like, this is not my spiritual gift. Yeah, this is not, um, yeah, not for me. But it was a wonderful uh, trial. Well, and, like, I mean, I just realized that you came over to hang out, number one. Yeah. Secondly, to knit, but third of all, like, you didn't realize, but, and neither of us did, but, like, Isla got sick that night. She was 15 months old, and it was the first time she'd ever thrown up, and, you know, it was my first kid, so I didn't, you know, I was, like, really freaked out and, you know, just had no idea, like, why is she throwing up? Like, what's going on? And turns out she just had eaten, like, a hot dog and mac and cheese, and her stomach was rejecting it, but, (laughs) um... But you were there for me, like, getting towels and helping me clean it up and, you know, and until Joey got home and it was yeah. just, like, you know, such a, like, godsend to have someone there so I wasn't yeah. alone, like, dealing yeah. with that kind of freaked yeah. out and yeah. maybe it's just, like, one of those, like, the, the reason that you're also there as a friend is the reason, is sometimes the reason you don't realize. Yeah. You know, it's like right. you're there for each other and you're there for yourselves and then you're there because like something happens that you didn't know was gonna you know or right. like someone's going through something that you didn't even yeah. know right and you're able to be present um in a way that you you yeah. know otherwise wouldn't have yeah and i think too like just spending making the commitment to spend time with friends like no matter what your situation is mm-hmm. um 
it's so important and critical to continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we are able to hold each other accountable. We're mm-hmm. able to encourage each other, pray with each other, support each other. And I think, you know, when you don't maintain friendships, you lose the ability to be like, you know what, like, I just need to call someone who's just going to listen, mm-hmm. or I need to be able to call someone who's going to provide me the advice, or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you need. Like, sometimes, like, we can't just expect our husbands to be able to oh. offer it all. Always, yeah. And I think by continuously building friendships and really investing and making the time, like, you have this God given friendship mm-hmm. that allows you to speak the truth you know, into someone's life or have the truth spoken into yours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's sometimes it's great because it's like completely like, um, you, you might get an unbiased response from friends. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, there have been times when we've just been really honest with each other and been like, you know what, like, I don't think that's going to work or that's probably not a good idea. And like, Mm-hmm. You know, like I, at times, like I needed to hear it or maybe you needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I mean, I never needed to hear it. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm always right. <laughs> I just truly believe like there are so many women who stop investing in friendships yeah. because it gets hard, but anything that's hard is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And you are going to benefit so much from the friendships that you create that are so meaningful. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be without the friends in my life. Like Mm -hmm. my friends are the ones who carried me through a lot of those lonely years in my Mm twenties. And it was, but through time spent together, Mm -hmm. it was through phone calls. It was through G chat, you know, it might have various Mm -hmm. forms of what that looks like. But yeah, at the end of the day, like, you know, those, those friends were my family, you Mm -hmm. know, like they were, um, yeah, they were, they were like filling the void of like what mm-hmm. a husband or a spouse, you know, yeah. spouse would fill. And even at your bachelorette party, your friends put together a care package for you for when your husband left for yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. And like, then you shipped it, you got it later, Yeah, you know, with like, yeah. with things every day, like, right. like so many days of the month or until he was back, like, right. here's something for day one, day right. two, day three. And like. And it's, that's a picture of like what friends do for you. Right. Like when you feel like you're at the end of your rope of like, right. how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get right. through one more day or week or month or yeah. season? Like, right. and that's just one very like obvious visual of yeah. like what friends can do, but right. it, it really does show like, and honestly it's the smallest things that I think mean the most. <clears throat> so yeah. even just sending a text, like if you know someone's going through a difficult time, just sending a text and saying, you know what, like, I know this is really difficult. Like I'm praying for you. I love you. And like, you're going to get through this. Like don't give up or mm-hmm. don't lose the hope. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just trust in God and his plan. And, you know, I think that's been huge for me as well. Like it might mm-hmm. not be a visual thing, but it's just a really meaningful, like simple act Mm -hmm. of saying like you know what like I'm just gonna send them a text today and just Mm -hmm. let them know I'm thinking about them and I love them and um just there are small things you can do to invest in each other um doesn't always have to be a tiny home 
Yeah. But it's awesome if it is. <laughs> I got you this tiny home. <laughs> it's been... Which, by the way, we wouldn't recommend staying in a tiny home. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's, fun I mean, it's been weekend, fine. But it is, um... It's really... It has its It's really cozy. <laughs> it's, yeah. We have, um... We're sitting at the one table with two chairs, and... That are not very comfortable. Not very comfortable. And there's one futon couch, which, like, if you actually recline, scoots away from the wall. And then there's the loft with our full-size bed. Yeah. So... Um, it's very... And our bathroom with no door. It's very intimate. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure you're really close to that person if yeah. you decide to go to a tiny house vacation. Yes. <laughs> but it has been, um, a f- you know, fiscally smart choice. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was, like, actually, like, 80-something dollars a night, so it was pretty yeah, cheap. Very but cheap. And it was fun. It and was you're a cool like, experience. yeah, you're barely in it when you're like when you're us. Yeah, because we don't really hang out yeah. at home. Like this is weird for us to be in the tiny house past ten a.m. We're right. like, we are just go go go. Yeah, like how many things can we fill our day with? Yeah, how how efficient can we be? We're both <laughs> we both love efficiency. Um, okay, so my last few questions that I ask everybody. You're someone who's very organized, mm-hmm. so I'm interested to see what your answer is to this. But what is your best organization or efficiency tip for your life mm. that maybe I helps know, you keep I know this isn't straight. groundbreaking um but I have to have to-do lists for my personal life my professional life um whether it's a pen and paper or I'm using an online tool mm-hmm. um I absolutely have to have a to-do list because mm-hmm. I love to feel like at the end of the day, I can look at my list and be like, this is what I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels good. And then if I, if I haven't checked off enough things, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I gotta, I gotta do a little bit more. Like, stay up later. Yeah. I can't, uh, I can't go to bed yet. Yeah. That's good. Do you, is there any tool specifically that you use online? Um, or? no, I mean, we usually like project work. management tools for work. Okay. Um, but yeah. But for personal life, you just use old pen oh, and paper yeah, or your notes app or something? No, I just use uh, pen and paper. Oh, okay. Yeah, write it so, out. Because you like to actually check it off. Yeah. Have you heard of Wonderlist? No. That's a um, an app on your phone, and they alf- you can actually check them. Nice. It might not be as yeah. fulfilling for you, but yeah. they it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It like, draws a line through it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Well, I... Um, been exploring Nashville a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a ton to do in Nashville, and if you haven't been, you should go. Um, so just checking out all the history there and the music, mm-hmm. and actually, surprisingly, I had no clue until I moved there, but there are a lot of waterfalls. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of really fun hikes in the Nashville area mm-hmm. um, where you can end up at the end at a waterfall, yeah. and you can actually get in it and play mm-hmm. and splash I still around. want to go to that one. Yeah, it's really fun. What's that big one that we almost went to? Um, it's called Cummings Falls. Okay. I want to go next It's a hidden time. gem, so don't tell too many people. Okay. Um, well, don't worry. This show isn't that big yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah. And and then uh, <clears throat> just hanging out with my, my pup. Yeah, so Bella. I have a little fur baby, and she is definitely she, a baby. She is life. Yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah. We, um... Yeah, she's a sweetie. Yeah. Kendra is an animal lover. Yeah. Big animal lover. Big animal lover. And you are volunteering your time now at the animal shelter. Yeah, the local animal shelter. 
So I spend Sundays, Sunday afternoons after church, um, walking dogs for a couple hours. And Mm. I just have to say, everyone should do it. Mm. It is the most rewarding experience. And they so badly want to find a home and they want to be loved on. Mm -hmm. And they are the sweetest dogs. Mm. Like, I've just, like, every time I go, I fall in love and I text my husband a photo and I'm like, can we have this one too? Oh my gosh. And he's like, uh... We live in a 600-square-foot apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. There is no room. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, that brings up another thought in my mind that that we did not cover yeah. that I just want to mention is how many differences we have. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people know that we're friends and, like, that we're similar and that, like, we both went to KU, journalism yeah. grads, like... Type A people. Type, yeah, like, we love adventuring. We have all these similarities. But we haven't mentioned how many things we are very different in. Yeah. And and that that's okay. Yeah. Like, you're a huge animal lover. Yeah. I don't like animals. <laughs> Like, I gave my dog away yeah. <laughs> to a friend. Yeah. Don't judge me. Um, and, like, well, this is also hard for me to understand. You don't like onions. Uh, <laughs> she hates hate onions. Yeah. Also, peppers. Yeah. And other vegetables. Yeah. It's Crunchy sort of, vegetables. Sort of picky. So, she, yeah. So, I mean, it's not a big deal. But there's just a lot of little, like, <laughs> yeah. what else is different? Um we've we've noticed a lot this weekend we'd be like oh my gosh you don't like that oh i love this i don't know it's just Uh, funny like to it's it's good to like i don't know take note of what makes you different so that you don't start thinking we talked about this yesterday that Mm -hmm. like every friend that you have has to look like you right or like has to be just like you and i think that's one thing that can be really easy in any season of life, whether you're single or whether you don't have kids, whether you do have kids. It can feel like, well, now that I'm here, all my friends need to now look like me. Right. And I need to find other mom friends or I need to find other friends that are married without kids right. so we can have the freedom to meet up for wine or right. whatever. Like, And I think, you know, that is um, a huge, huge myth and lie that we tell ourselves it's just a narrative that we invent in our heads that says like it'll be easier or better or like more fulfilling if you have friends that look like you and act like you and think like you Mm -hmm. and we're very different I mean like we have a lot of similarities but we're also very different and um it's and I think something that I keep saying this that we mentioned that was really um, like a light bulb moment for me was like it's actually our differences that God uses to grow each other and mm-hmm. like grow the other person and the and from everything from little differences to like okay but you have to try this so, like right. you have to try knitting right. or you saying like you're gonna love this you have to try whatever right and it's Barada. Burrata cheese, yeah. which I did need to try because it, it was amazing. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's just us, like, kind of stretching each other and growing each other and yeah. pushing each other into uncomfortable territory, like how I'm going to make you eat onions in a minute. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and that that really can have the biggest impact on our growth and our and like just make our experience so much more colorful and beautiful and, and, and yeah, and rich in life and. I'm yeah. thankful that we've been able to maintain our friendship, not just despite our differences, but, like, actually because of. Yeah. And that those have, like, yeah. enriched who we are as people. Yeah. So that 
you're not just right. one more mom friend. Right. And not that, like, right. I don't want you, you know, to still be my friend if you're a mom. Like, that's <laughs> not the point, but... I'm out. Yeah, okay, sorry. I <laughs> gotta find another married without kids. Like, can't have that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point, you know, I think our lives have looked different in terms of, like, you got married when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I got married when I was older. And, you know, so our lives have looked very different for the past 10 years mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like, similar, but there are a lot of a lot of differences. We were both breathing. But, <laughs> you know. but, yeah. um, but <clears throat> I think through it all, like, we've been able to offer each other something that we otherwise wouldn't had our lives mm-hmm. look the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's such a beautiful thing, especially, like, for me, like, thinking about the future and, like, you know, we have so many years ahead of us and what that's going to look like and continuing to still be on somewhat different paths um, mm-hmm. based off of timelines, but always being able to feed into each other and mm-hmm. help each other grow um, spiritually and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's such a gift mm-hmm. and that I am so fortunate to know you. Oh. And <laughs> this is like, we're, we're not going to cry. We're not. Um, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's just been such a blessing. So, Oh, that's sweet. I love you. I love you. Well, I'm not even going to ask you my final question, <laughs> which is, well, I will ask you, okay. but I think I know the answer. What helps you to rest and restore you? Um, I think, ah, man, there could be a a lot of things, but I think, you know, like, a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I was pointing to our tiny house like, um, hello. A vacation is wonderful. (laughs) Um, Not something you do every day. Yeah. If I could do this once a month, I would feel like a different person, I think. Um, Also much poorer. (laughs) I cannot afford this every month. Really waiting for that money tree. Yeah. Um, But I also just think, like, after a really long, stressful week at work, I just feel like, I have nothing left to give sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so exhausting to be Mm -hmm. like emotionally and physically drained after a week of work. And, um, you know, like I enjoy being able to work, but I need something at the end of the week to restore me. And I think there are two things. I think it's, um, there are some girls, um, in Nashville who I'm very good friends with. And so just spending time with them, whether mm-hmm. it's just sitting in like the clubhouse of our apartment building and just like talking for hours, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, like the other part is like going to church on Sunday. And I feel like during worship, like that is just like, everything is lifted, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm there and praising God and he has been so good to me and so Mm -hmm. fortunate. I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed. And, um, you know, I think in those moments there's, I mean, I can't probably even count how many times I ended up crying during worship, Mm -hmm. but it's just, um, it's just, yeah, it seems to wash away like the Mm -hmm. hardness of the week Mm -hmm. and really enables me to start the new week feeling, refreshed and forgiven and yeah um reminded of all the things that are true but you need to be have that be made true be like brought to the forefront again it's the weekly reminder of like you know like that that is my truth yeah and so i think it's just i would say that's probably a huge one for me on a weekly basis yeah um obviously 
highly encourage vacations. Yeah. Um, this is very, like, Christian Christian girl of us. We're like, friends, girls trip, and church. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, tr- but also. As you wear a shirt that says Jesus is better. Which I is know. so cute. Oh, yeah. And I forgot to mention. We have to close the door because the train is coming. I forgot to even mention the reason we even came here originally was because I have been dying to go to Jamie Ivey's Happy Hour Live event for, like, a couple years, ever and since I started is. listening. And, um, and what? And she is a podcaster? Podcaster, yes. If you don't know, um, Jamie Ivey has a podcast called The Happy Hour. I didn't know until Haley signed me up for this. Yes, I did. Oh, I basically did sign you up. Um... <laughs> So I told Kendra, like, okay, I really want to go to this in Austin. It's in May. Will you go with me? And we can turn it into a girls' weekend. It's not just the the happy hour live thing. And she was like, okay, I mean, I'll think about it. I don't know. <laughs> and it took a little bit of, like, c- thinking and convincing. But um, the funny thing was, like, at the actual event on Friday night, Jamie, one of the first things she says was, um, raise your hand if you have no idea who I am or why you're here. <laughs> And you've been brought here by a friend. And there was, like, definitely around 20 people in the room who raised their hand like, yep, we are just here because our friend drug us. Including the two ladies next to us who were literally the future us. Yeah. It was scary. Like, brunette, blonde, college friends. One of them was a big listener and one wasn't. Yeah. And she had been drug here by her friend. Yeah. And it was like, I felt like it was, yeah, yeah, looking into my future. Yeah. It was was really funny. Except we were living that reality a few years head yeah because right. you know we're there now but yeah it was really cool yeah. um but yeah also another just good like you know you made a sacrifice in some ways to do something and pay money for something that you didn't care about that i cared about yeah and you know and ultimately i'm i'm sure you would say hopefully you still had a good time yeah. <laughs> like the trip was <laughs> I not did. just for me but i did i think i laughed so hard during that whole event um <laughs> yeah it was just really refreshing, and it's just awesome to surround yourself with like-minded people um, and laugh with them and be vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the the folks at the event were totally that, and yeah, it, was it was fun. it was really fun. Yeah, it was just like a real life girls hangout. Yeah, it was literally what yeah. it was. Yeah. So okay, well, thank you, Kendra. Thanks for coming on and sharing yeah. your story. And thank you for having me. Of, uh, delaying our breakfast by an hour because yeah. now it's like eleven fifteen and we haven't eaten yet today, so we have to go. But we're gonna go get tacos for like the fifteenth time. Yes, we've literally had tacos every day, <laughs> sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs> so, Three meals a day. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Thank and um, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we're not leaving. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope that that was a fun episode to kind of get a peek inside one of my closest and dearest friendships, and I hope that it encourages you to invest in the friendships that you have in your life today. And one last reminder, next week, May 11th, is the final day to register for the Busy Moms Business Quick Start. After that, I'm going to close the doors for a little while. I don't know how long. And when they reopen, it will be um, quite a bit more expensive. So if you are thinking about getting in on that, I would highly recommend you join us by May 11th. And as always, if you will leave a rating and review, I will be so happy and appreciative of that. 
Thank you guys so much. And I will see you here next week on Kindled. Bye.